Hello there, listeners. It's This Was a Thing with Ray and Rob. Tonight's guests include Conan O'Brien, television executive Jeff Zucker, with a final word by Jay Leno. Also featured, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog, Abe Vigoda, Shelly Winters, Shelly Long, Shelly Duvall, Shelly Berman, and of course, Jack Hanna, with his zany wild animals who have absolutely no business being around a live studio audience, due to the fact that they may attack at absolutely any time. All that and more on this was a thing. Take it away, cut, cut. Lady Gaga's sweet dress, Katy Perry's teenage dream. Leo gets an Oscar while we all got Adele Dazeem. Miley Cyrus twerking, Katie Holmes at Surrey Cruise. And no one knowing if that dress is golden white or black and blue. Hi, I'm Rob. And I'm Ray. And you're listening to This Was a Thing, the retro podcast that dives deep into the cultural happenings of yesteryear. Good read. I did that in one breath. My lungs are getting better. This week, we're going to be looking at the firing. Well, I guess technically he quit. He was fired. Well, he was fired. Yeah, he was fired. But he technically, well, we'll get to that. The the Conan O'Brien leaving The Tonight Show. That's how we'll title it. That's like when you're like in a performing arts school and they're like, well, we're flunking you out of everything. Now, it's your choice if you want to drop the program. Yeah. But we're flunking you out of everything. But we need uh, your pirouettes are perfect. Yes. Yes. How this happened is beyond me because this this made... Zero sense. Before we get into that Tonight Show debacle, I wanted to get into just a little bit of backstory of the Tonight Show because sure. it's an, it, it is on television an institution, if you will. God, yes. You know, originally the Knickerbocker Beer Show, hosted by Steve Allen, a forty-minute local show, local program in New York. This show was quickly retitled the Steve Allen Show. Uh, it was retitled that because the host's name was Steve Allen. Uh, now, that ended up being popular enough that on uh, September 27, 1954, it was renamed Tonight! Exclamation point. And that is what The Tonight Show is. So, The Tonight Show that's still on right now, Jimmy Fallon, premiered September 27, 1954, which is crazy to think about. It's the longest-running, regularly scheduled entertainment program in the United States. Why, you don't think the news is? Well, <laughs> I don't want to get political. Oh, boy. Now, here is uh, the opening for the very first Steve Allen. From New York City, the National Broadcasting Company presents Tonight, starring Steve Allen. With Edie Gourmet, Steve Lawrence, Pat Marshall, Andy Williams, the music of Skitch Henderson, tonight's special guests, Wally Cox, Bill Kenny of Ink Spots fame, and New York's greatest giant, Willie Mays. Just off the crossroads of the world, Times Square is NBC's Hudson Theater. That's where we're taking you now, tonight and every night. Now to meet the star of our show, Steve Allen. 
Now, Steve Allen's Tonight was filmed in New York City at the Hudson Theater. Now, this show introduced, I mean, tons of things that are now common in talk show formats to this very day. That's why I want to talk about these because, like, oh, these, yeah. these set this the, is the beginning. These set the ground rules. Uh, an opening monologue. <laughs> no Jews. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Opening monologue, audience participation, celebrity interviews, and doing bits where cameras were taken, get this, outside of the studio. What? Into the street. Madness. Do you like musical guests on Late Night? I do love musical guests. They, they keep me contemporary and fresh. Well, thanks, Tonight. How about a house band leader? I love a house band well, leader. Well, good. I'm looking at you, Lyle Skitch Henderson. Skitch Henderson's a famous name. I know. How about a future game show host... Legend. Wink Martindale. For the first announcer. Let me give you a clue. Oh, an announcer? Yeah, let, the me, announcer? Yeah, you, okay. let me give you a clue. Let me give you okay. a clue. Little Raymond knew that Robert would blank in his pants when he told him who the announcer was. All right, let's go to Richard Dawson. Now, who was that announcer? First of all, Don, I want to say you, you got a lovely smile. Thank you. I said, I said Gene Rayburn. Correct. Uh. So tonight was a huge success, so much so that Steve Allen got offered a Sunday night variety show in June 1956. Now, Rob, do you want to go ahead and uh, tell us what <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, why don't you go back and listen to uh, probably 85 of the best episodes. <laughs> yeah. Now, this led to him sharing hosting duties with comedian Ernie Kovacs during the 56 57 season. Yeah. So that was the oh first uh, replacement coming in. Allen and Kovacs both left tonight in January 1957 after NBC told Allen to focus on his Sunday variety show. Now, they wanted to try and beat their competition at the time. CBS's Dead Sullivan. <laughs> Ted Sullivan. <laughs> And, and Popo Chijo and ABC's <laughs> Maverick. Oh, well, Maverick's a hard one to beat. Maverick is a hard one to beat. J young James Garner and that fucking cowboy hat and those Come tight on. pants. Now, tonight, uh, since losing its formidable host, Steve Allen, uh, they need to change the format a little bit. Uh, so something in the vein of the Today Show, they figured, you know, start that, start the day that way, end the day that way. They Smart. even changed the name to Tonight. America After Dark. Whoa. Now, here's the thing. The new format wasn't popular, and a bunch of the affiliates uh, dropped the show. So at this point in the story, uh, I'm going to give you an analogy. Mm. If this were golf, which I don't know anything about, I'm going to say that, but <laughs> I have nothing. But that experiment would have been a, a bad shot that put NBC3 over. But then in July 1957, things would start to get back on par. Broadcasting Company and its affiliated stations from coast to coast present the new Tonight, starring Jack Parr. And it's all live from New York. So uh, NBC signed Jack Parr away from CBS to be the new host. He had a morning show on CBS. He brought Tonight back to its talk variety format uh, that in the, was the first host to have his name attached to the show's title. So something like The Tonight Show with Jack Parr. Now it's, you know, Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, Tonight Show you know, Jay Leno. He also introduced the idea of guest hosts, which is oh. something that's going to come in later in the story. Uh, one early one being a young Johnny Carson, uh, one of the first network shows to be telecast in in color sporadically in, in September 1957. So around the same time as like Superman was doing it as well. Get the fuck out. Um, and regular color broadcasts began in September 1960. Leaving in March 1962, he was at the height of success. Uh, one of the last studio guests was uh, Buddy Hackett. Are you kidding? Yeah, and a taped farewell to him, which included the likes of, now this is 62, Nixon, 
RFK, Billy Graham, Bob Hope, and Jack Benny. Wow. Parr's new primetime gig, the Jack Parr program, aired on Fridays through the 1965 season. Now, with, with Parr moving on to his new program, NBC chose guest host Johnny Carson to take over hosting duties. Now, at the time, uh, he was hosting a weekday afternoon quiz show, Who Do You Trust?, <laughs> on the newest network. And also lowest-rated network, ABC. Uh, now, Carson's contract there was through September of that year, and ABC held him there till the very last day of his contract. So he could not take over until October 1st, 1962, which, means that, which meant that NBC had to have a guest host bonanza blow out in that time. So from uh, Jack Parr leaving in March 1962 until Johnny could take over October 1st, they just brought in a bunch of guest hosts. That was all up until Johnny took over. But then October 1st, 1962, Johnny Carson. From New York, The Tonight Show, starring Johnny Carson. Johnny's guests tonight are Sean Crawford, Rudy Valley, Tony Bennett, Mel Brooks, the Phoenix Singers, Skitch Anderson with the NBC Orchestra, and me, I'm Epic Man. Right now, let's welcome the fellow you waited six months to see. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. This is kind of an emotional. Johnny Carson was officially introduced as host of the Tonight Show by Groucho Marx, which is getting the steel, seal of approval. Yeah, seal of approval. Even though I'm sure Groucho was like, I'll do it for $50. Um, now, Johnny was able to find some comfort in his new home. He was able to bring his announcer from the game show that he hosted, a fellow named Ed McMahon. That's right. In 1967, NBC Orchestra trumpeter. Doc Severson yes. became the head He's of the band. He's still alive, right? I think so. Uh, he became the head of the band, and the gang was then all together. Audiences weren't as warm to Johnny as they were with Jack Parr, though, at first. Now, the show moved from New York City to Burbank, California, where it would remain for the rest of Johnny's run. Uh, now, The Tonight Show became a behemoth. I don't think you and I will understand really just how much leverage that show had in pop yes. culture in America. Like, we know how much leverage it had, but, like, I mean, The Tonight Show was popular and obviously was long-lasting over a decade up until Johnny and stuff and the move to Burbank, but going to Burbank and being close to the stars and being able to The have, industry. Yeah, the industry people. I mean, that changed so much. Now, by the mid-'70s, it was the most profitable show on TV, making NBC about 50 to $60 million back then, so about... 220 to 270 million today, which is not a bad chunk of change. A quarter, no. quarter of a billion. Now, up until 1980, like I said, The Tonight Show was 90 minutes. Uh, he wanted to trim off the final 30 minutes to make it a more fast paced show, i.e., less work. He wants to get out of yeah. there. Uh, now, Tom Snyder tomorrow got those extra 30 minutes and uh, a couple more names in the title Tomorrow, Coast to Coast. Now, that only lasted a year and a half. That's Tom Snyder's show? Yeah. Okay. Coast to Coast. Now, uh, with an open time slot, Carson was given the role of filling said slot. So you don't have to do the half hour, but you're responsible for something to go in there. To go in there and then fill the next half hour okay. of that. And uh, and I think Johnny wanted to do that because it would make him feel, you know, like it was, that was him going, ah, you know, that at least it's someone that's going to follow me that I approve of. Yes. Now, a comedian who appeared on his show multiple times as a guest as well as a guest host when Johnny needed more time off. And it just so happened that NBC NBC's failed experiment of a new kind of edgy morning show just wasn't working. 
that was called the David Letterman Show, and that ran from June to October 1980, opening up old Dave's schedule. So essentially, it seemed like Dave was doing his late night show in the morning. Yes, and audiences. I don't know if you want to wake up. To yeah, that. audiences are like, "What? Can I just get traffic? I just." <laughs> need traffic here's larry bud melman to tell you about the traffic <laughs> now carson also frequently used guest hosts especially after 1981 because he was like yo it's on his third marriage I'm at tired. that point yeah right? exactly now when he negotiated a contract that gave him numerous weeks off every year as well as mondays <laughs> <laughs> the best yeah. frequent guest hosts uh over 50 episodes each included Joey Bishop 177 times, mostly in the 60s, Joan Rivers 93 during yeah. the 70s and 80s, John Davidson 87, Bob Newhart 87, uh, David Brennan 70, McLean Stevenson 78. Where the fuck 50, did 58, McLean 50, Stevenson get in there? Yeah, How many episodes did he host? McLean fucking Stevenson? The Tonight Show with McLean Stevenson. Hello, Larry himself. <laughs> uh, Jerry Lewis did 52, mostly okay. in the 60s, like I said. Uh, David Letterman, 51, mostly in the in mostly between 80 and 81. So he did a lot that, to that year. And then uh, this guy named Jay Leno. Now, by the late 1980s, uh, Leno was designated the permanent and only guest host and consequently hosted several dozen episodes each year. So he totaled 333 guest host appearances during uh, Johnny's tenure. And the thing about Leno in, that everyone talked that I've heard so many times is that at that, Jen, Jay Leno was like one of the most respected yes. comedians out there. Yes. Like people, like what Jay Leno we knew, which is just like the like, okay, here's easy jokes every night, blah, blah, blah. Like, I guess he was just yes. like, yes. And, and so it's just so funny to think like he was so revered. And now it's like, oh yeah, there's Jay. So Late Night with David Letterman premieres February 1st, 1982. Now Letterman couldn't do any of the bits similar to Johnny's like Karnak, <laughs> but uh, Letterman had to limit the amount of topical jokes in his monologue. Now these weren't instructions from NBC. Like I said, these were straight from Johnny's production company. So this was not like- Don't in... make this show look like our show. Exactly. We want you to do a show. And boy, I think Letterman accomplished oh God, yeah. that oh, yeah. and set the stage for every future- non-Jay Leno t uh, late night show. And Carson loved them. Exactly. It didn't start off that big, but late night developed into its own kind of absurdist show with just the weirdest odd bits that Johnny wouldn't have touched with a 10-foot pole and wouldn't even let Ed do. Too dangerous for Ed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but audiences just lo fell in love with the weird. Like Letterman, as much as Carson introduced so much to America. Yeah. Letterman introduced even like so much to America too. Maybe not even more because he wasn't on as long, but like. But also think about oddity. who that twelve thirty audience is. No, exactly. It's Stone College mm -hmm. kids. You know what I mean? It's people who are coming back very late from parties and work. There's a a, a, a edit of all of Fred Willard's appearances on Letterman. Oh sure. It's absolutely brilliant because every time Fred Willard comes on with a bit. This is the bit. He, he videotaped a thing one time. I mean, it's just like stuff you couldn't probably get away with on Carson because Carson, yes, like you we were saying, is free-flowing, but they still wanted to, they still were there to promote stuff. You know what I mean? Like They were there for they, a reason. Yeah, exactly. Like Letterman yeah. was like, okay, cool. Dweezil Zappa can come in. Yeah, <laughs> great. Exactly. Yes. You know, yes. like, cool. We can figure out something to do with Dweezil Zappa and people know who that is. And the people that know who that is will be up at 1230. Johnny would pull his crew together about a decade later after Letterman premiered, so 92, and said this, everything comes to an end. Nothing lasts forever. And a cold November rain. 
No, I'm just kidding. He said nothing lasts forever. 30 years is enough. It's time to get out while you're still working on top of your game, while you're still working well. Casey Kasem. <laughs> Johnny Carson had laryngitis yeah, my, and had Casey Kasem. My Johnny Kasem. goes into Casey if I do it too long. NBC announced that Jay Leno would be Johnny's replacement. Now, he's been the permanent guest host, like I said, for a while. And audiences at 11.35 were already familiar with him. Now, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno premiered May 25th, 1992. That's right. Johnny's final episode was May 22nd. And NBC was like, eh, let's start Jay on Monday. (laughs) (laughs) Which I thought was crazy. I had to go back and look and make sure that was right. Because usually there's like a buffer. There's, But they're like, no, we're going into summer. We need Jay. So uh, this is is Jay's first... (laughs) This is Jay's first intro, which, man, rough. Just look at the guests. Live from the NBC studios in Burbank, California, The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, featuring Bradford Marsalis and The Tonight Show Band. Tonight, Jay welcomes Billy Crystal, the music of Shanice, and economic correspondent Robert Krolwich. I'm Ed Hall. And now, Jay Leno! Who? First episode? First episode of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Shanice and they, an economist? They, got, they were able to book economic correspondent Robert Krolwich for the first show. This is cuckoo bananas. So, well, anyway, most people probably know the story, but Letterman wanted The Tonight Show. Yeah. Uh, he'd been posturing it for years. When he didn't get it, he left NBC to head to CBS. They wanted to get into that late-night game, CBS. Uh, this whole debacle is widely written about. We'll probably get an episode at some point. Yeah. The Late Show with David Letterman premiered August 30th, 1993. So a little over a year and a couple months after Jay did. Letterman actually left NBC at Johnny's advice. Yes, of Which course. I always, I, I was like, oh. Uh, now, Johnny had wanted him to replace him. Johnny wanted it to be this night show with David Letterman. So with Leno getting 11.35, Dave jumping ship to CBS, it left an opening in NBC's late night schedule. That 12.30 time slot that Dave created, well, Johnny created, but Dave made his own, yes. was now vacant. NBC still owned the name Late Night, good name, but they needed to attach a name. Dana Carvey, Gary Shandling said no. Lorne Michaels was brought in to help get the show developed. John Stewart, Drew Carey, and Paul Provenza Jesus. all auditioned. None of those guys worked, which is funny to think that John Stewart would then go on to. Yes. Lorne suggested the name of an unknown writer who was working on The Simpsons. Uh, he'd worked on SNL. He was an Irish fella from Brookline, Mass. This section's called Brief Bio, Conan to This Point. Mm. Now, after graduating from high school as valedictorian in 81, he was also a congressional intern for Barney Frank, which I thought was interesting. Yes. He went to Harvard, majoring in history and literature, writer for legendary humor magazine Harvard Lampoon, serving as its president his sophomore and junior years. Conan will graduate in 85, moved to L.A., took class at Groundlings, dated a gal he met there for a while. Her name is Lisa Kudrow. Oh. After a few years uh, working on different shows, like he did a couple different like news comedy shows and HBO one, uh, Conan and his writing partner Greg Daniels, who would then go on to create The Office, the U.S. version, and many other, uh, got hired as writers at SNL in January 1988. But after one season, there was a writer strike, just like that's going on right now. Oh boy. Uh, now, with the free time, Conan and some of his other writers from SNL, Robert Smigel and Bob Odenkirk, uh, put on an improv and sketch show in Chicago called Happy Happy Good Show. There were others in it, too, but those are the names. But that's the f- this is some of the first performing that the three of these guys ever did. 
like on stage in on stage in front of people. Now Bob Odenkirk is Better Call Saul. Yeah, you know, like in Team Emmy some, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like because of a writer strike, Robert Smigel, who would be Triumph the Imsil's Haunt, we'll talk about him. Conan and Bob Odenkirk were like, oh, let's just do a sketch and improv show in Chicago. But mostly known as writers at this point, uh, they showed they had acting chops essentially, and it was the starting place for bits used later on. Uh, actually, one of the first times that uh, one of the most famous bits ever on SNL was in the show, and it was Duh Bears made its premiere. The in Bears, the um, Bulls. The strike would end, and they go back to SNL. Uh, during this time, Conan wrote things like Mr. Short-Term Memory or The Girl Watchers with John Lovitz and Tom Hanks. Oh, yeah. Now, and by 1991, he felt burnt out and had recently gotten engaged. He left SNL saying he needed to do something else. Luck would have it the same year. He'd get a call from Mike Rice and Al Jean, showrunners of The Simpsons, which at that time was new, but oh my God, everyone wanted it. Premiering in 1989, uh, it had already gained the respect and a cult following that it's already known for, but like within a year, it yeah. was getting that. Now, he was so nervous at the start because he, he respected the writers so much, he'd pitch ideas in the characters' voices until Mike Rice uh, said that no one else did that ever. <laughs> But Conan just was like, I'm just going to do that, which I feel like is a great way to present. Yes. You know what I mean? It's, But it didn't take long for him to his weirdness to fit in. Writer Josh Weinstein called it a 10-hour Conan show nonstop. He wrote some of the most famous episodes of that time, uh, including Homer Goes to College and, of course, Marge vs. the Monorail. Uh, Were you sent here by the devil? No, good sir. I'm on the level. The ring came off my pudding can. Take my penknife, my good man. I swear it's Springfield's only choice. Throw up your hands and raise your voice. Monterey. What's it called? Monterey. Once again. Monterey. But Main Street's still all cracked and broken. Sorry, Mom. The mother's spoken. Mono, don't. High speed mass transit. And the Music Man. (laughs) (laughs) He would have been a great Music Man on stage. Oh, yeah. What started out as a somewhat normal, highly realistic animated family sitcom started to turn into this weird, absurd, surrealist animated family sitcom. And I guess this tone shift is said to be thanks to Conan. Mm. So he his absurdity and oddness, which is what we were saying, 1230 slot, um, uh, seemed to help transform that show into even more of what it was. He said he was apparently going to be a shoe-in to be the showrunner because of just how much he understood the show, uh, making a name for himself, finding success at The Simpsons. He got approached by an old boss about an audition. Now, Conan's agent told Lorne that Conan would rather perform than produce, so Lorne set up an audition. Now, Conan's audition was done on Jay Leno's set, and his guests were Jason Alexander and Mimi Rogers. Hey! Which actually, I mean, that's... Pretty good, group. pretty good names for an audition. Um, the audience was Simpsons writers, so that's pretty— That helps. That helps, yeah. Uh, one of them was Wallace Walidarski, which I think is one of the best names in writing. Uh, he said, seeing, your fr- seeing this friend of yours, this guy that you worked with, walk out from behind that curtain deliver a monologue was something that you could only dream of that you couldn't ever imagine actually happening. So it's like this is a writer for The Simpsons yes. and having like one of those daydreams and stuff. I don't know. Just so funny. Yeah. Um, it was beamed via satellite to New York for Lorne and NBC executives. And apparently it wasn't well received because of his awkward humor. So a bit later, The Simpson writers were, you know, back heading to voice uh, record. Homer goes to college uh, when Conan got a call from his agent, Gavin Pallone, and uh, he got the job. He also probably got minor carpet burn. 
post-production uh, supervisor Michael Mendel remembers, he passed out face down in this horrible shag carpet. He was just quiet and comatose down there on the carpet. I remember looking at him and saying, wow, your life is about to change in a really dramatic way. That sounds like the beginning of a biopic. Yeah. I cannot live another day without air conditioning. It says tomorrow's going to be hotter. Hotter? Like yesterday. Yesterday? But yesterday you said you'd call Patreon. I'll call today. You'll call now. I'll call now. That's right. To be one of the cool kids, become one of our Patreon supporters and help keep us on the air. Head on over to Patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And search for This Was a Thing. And set a monthly donation. Even a dollar a month helps us. Your contributions help us continue doing what we are doing. So what's the paper say about tomorrow? Another scorcher. Cool. So fast forward, you know, all the stuff. Late Night with Conan O'Brien premiered September 13th, 1993. Hey, Conan, Tom Brokaw, I just want to be the first to welcome you to NBC. Thanks, Tom. And best of luck to you. Oh, and Conan, one more thing. You better be as good as Letterman. Or else. I hear you. So if I didn't make it clear up until this point, 1230 was dominated by Letterman. Everyone loved Letterman. Letterman, 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 Letterman. It wasn't so much like, oh, Jay Leno's replacing Carson. Okay, yeah, that was a debacle. But Letterman got his CBS, you know, ended up getting that. But how could anyone replace Letterman? And so the amount of pressure that was put on Conan O'Brien up until the premiere was unlike anything I could yes. ever imagine. Now, Conan's 12.30 slot was a little different than Dave's because he wasn't under Johnny's rules. So, guess what? Allowed to have a sidekick. Arr. Be Andy Richter. Uh, he was suggested by uh, Robert Smigel during pre-production. Robert Smigel ended up being head writer. His band leader was Max Weinberg, drummer for E Street Band. Uh, Dave's first show. Conan would end up writing an op-ed piece for the New York Times titled, Conan O'Brien Flops. <laughs> so, at least he played into it. First official guest was John Goodman. Okay. He even received a first guest medal, followed by Drew Barrymore, and no, no, not a musical act. Tony Randall's going to close the show. You know, what could be better than Tony Randall closing a show? Now, right off the bat, uh, like I said, even with the executives, his, off, his awkward, offbeat brand of humor wasn't well-received, uh, considering he was mostly an unknown. Uh, that reception wasn't necessarily a surprise. Letterman wasn't necessarily known, but there also wasn't really... A letterman before him, so it was kind of just like, eh, let's see what's what happening at 1230. Critic Tom Shales of the Washington Post said of Conan that, quote, the host resumes his previous identity, Conan Oblivion. Oh. He was 30 when the show started. By the next year, show was constantly at risk of being canceled. At one point, 94, NBC threatened to put him on a week-to-week -week contract. Oh, my God. They wanted to replace him with the guy who was hosting the show, would end up hosting the show after him, the later show uh this guy's name uh, he was a handsome up-and-comer named greg kinnear oh yeah i remember when greg kinnear had a show yeah, yeah. And then he did he did talk soup and then got later but they yeah. were they were courting greg kinnear for this something that would really help boost morale and got people to kind of pay attention to conan and go oh okay um, letterman appeared on his show in march 1994 and letterman going on conan that was 
giant. Yeah. And it wasn't immediate, but just I think the oddballs went, okay, well, Dave thinks this is Dave, Dave says this is okay. Um, here's a little clip of Dave. But, you know, uh, when we did our last show here, and I was kind of wrapping things up, it was really a, a quiet hope of mine that, that I would be invited to come back on, mm -hmm. on your show. And I didn't know if you would, would do it or not. I didn't know what the format would be. I didn't know if you'd have any place for me. It was all country music for a while, and then... <laughs> Then we got into this, which but seems to work a little I used better. To, I used to be able to go and see uh, Carson on The Tonight Show, you know, two or three times a year, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I realized that for one reason or another, I probably wasn't going back to The Tonight Show. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> so, sure, Jay, would have you on. <laughs> so to be able to come here, and mm -hmm. I, I hope you'll be nice enough to invite me back. It's yeah, just been great fun, and I, I think you guys do a terrific job. Well, thank you. I, I know you have to go to the... Uh, Letterman... Helped, but Kona was still only offered contracts for 15, or 13 weeks at a time, once being offered only six weeks. Robert Smigel was the head writer, and the quality of the comedy was praised by critics. Critics were saying it's a funny show. It just wasn't getting yes. the numbers, according to Smigel. We were basically canceled at Conan, and they changed their minds in August of 94, gave us a reprieve. So essentially, they were ready to be leaving. We're moving on. Something that would bring viewers and make people realize the show had its own voice were the bits uh one of the first things that got notoriety were the satellite quote satellite interviews uh where a tv would be lowered from the ceiling and conan would interview celebrities like arnold schwarzenegger or even bill clinton it's a still photo with robert smigel providing the over exaggerated voice uh here's just a quick example of bill clinton in 1998 and shortly after the re release of the star report uh live via satellite president bill clinton let's get him down here Mr. President. Hey, how y'all doing, folks? <laughs> Everybody read my book yet? <laughs> it's a hot read, man. Now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're saying it's your book now, sir? Dude, I'm the star of a bestseller. Meha! And I'm a badass. All right. <laughs> wait a minute, this is incredible. You're bragging about this now? <laughs> hey, man, once you're caught, you might as well brag. <laughs> Characters like the masturbating bear. PimpBot 5000, the absurdity started to get noticed and appreciated. Smigel, Robert Smigel, also introduced us yes. to Triumph, the insult comic dog. Oh, it's so good. It's so now, good. Now, I'm going to show you a clip. I'm going to play a clip of Triumph. Now, this bit is it probably, of all any comedy bit, is probably a top five of mine all time. It's Triumph talking to the fans who camped out of to get the first viewing of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones. Now, I'm a Star Wars fan, and this is just, this is wonderful. And folks, if, you, if you're not aware, it's literally a dog hand puppet with a cigar and yeah. a bow tie. Yeah. It's, it's genius. It's genius. Very exciting. Darth Vader himself is here. All the other nerds tremble in his presence. <laughs> What are you supposed to be? I am Triumph! Oh, scary nerd! This would be my chest box that helps me to breathe. So this is to help you breathe, yes? Yes. And which of these... <laughs> which of these buttons calls your parents to pick you up? <laughs>
1996, the show's audience was one of the most coveted demographics for advertisers, like we were saying, young and male. That's what advertisers want, because who else is going to buy those water guns? Now, it started to beat its competition in the ratings. Conan was getting respect finally. Even that WAPO's Tom Shales went back on his previous criticism with the headline, I was wrong. That's right, Tom. Now, let's jump to 2001. Uh, by now, Conan's contracts were given in years now, as opposed to weeks. Uh, now, in 2001, Conan had less than a year left in his contract, even though by now he had proven himself. NBC, NBC still was hesitant to give him the same money as other late-night hosts. You know, like, they were like, ah, you know, you're still 1235. Well, would you believe it that in this industry, that industry, word travels fast? Because the same year, Fox uh, was making that uh, what Bill Carter, author of The War for Late Night, which is uh, the book about this whole debacle, said was a, quote, extended comprehensive campaign to get Conan to jump ship from NBC and head to Fox. Yep. Now, Fox loved the appeal that Conan had to the younger demographic. Obviously, they love that younger dude bros. Uh, Fox uh, News Corp chairman and CEO Peter Cher uh, Chernin uh, even got into it by taking Conan and his executive producer, Jeff Ross, not that Jeff Ross, to dinner several times. Fox had a plan for Conan. Uh, they would make him the network's signature star. His show would start 30 minutes before Letterman and Leno because Fox's local news broadcast ended at 11. It went yeah. from 10 to 11, where NBC and CBS started at 11. So Conan got that 30-minute uh, head start. He would get cross-promotion with Fox's Sunday NFL broadcasts, which brought in tons of viewers every week, and Fox's animated uh, programming block, which is Simpsons, Family Guy, oh, you yeah. know, uh, huge. And, you know, those are huge audience numbers, and it's who watches those? Oh, young male demographic. You know, it's the, the demographic all is simpatico, if you will. I really feel simpatico. <laughs> Fox also offered him something else. A pay bump. Oh. It's a pretty decent one. Now, seven times his current salary oh. they offered him. So he was making $3 million. They offered him $21 million. How do you walk uh, away from this? Yeah, Conan's executive producer, Jeff Ross, uh, was friends with NBC president and CEO Jeff Zucker. Uh, he let him know that they were being courted by Fox. I feel like, you know, look, buddy, I just want you to let you know. But, like, really courting them. You know, I want you to know, like, they're... Seven times. Uh, after hearing this, NBC came back to the table with an offer of $8 million, uh, and contract extension through 2005. So not as much as Fox, but he's going to get to stay with NBC. And Conan really wanted The Tonight Show. I'll just start by—I'll say that now. So, so Conan really— his decision was— —was to stay at NBC. He was a company man. He wanted to hopefully posture to get— the I will show, show them what a good Jay. soldier I am. Yeah, exactly. And, you know. Okay. Now, before we get into if Conan resigned with NBC or jumped over the lazy brown dog to Fox, remember that one? Uh, yeah, I got a headache. That, that sentence, I think, has every uh, uh, letter in the alphabet. Um, let's get into <gasps> a backstory of another major player in this story that I mentioned, Jeff Zucker. Now, you may know that name from his recent time at CNN but he has a much longer career that I, even I was like, oh, shit. Now, uh, Jeff Zucker had slated himself as an, a leader early on in high school. Uh, he was president his uh, sophomore, junior, and senior classes. He ran on the slogan, the little man with big ideas. I think he's like 5'10", so he's not that little. Well, <laughs> you're assuming height. That's fair. 
He was the editor of a school newspaper, was a teenage freelance reporter for the Miami Herald. He'd then gone to Harvard, graduating in 1986 with a BA in American history. After not getting accepted into Harvard Law, he took an internship with NBC, working the 1988 Summer Olympics, and from there, he... I mean, rose fast. Next year, he was a field producer for Today Show. In 92, when he was just 26 years old, he became the show's executive producer. Today Show EP at 26, which is fucking crazy. Uh, he helped Today Show dominate in the ratings for 16 years. He introduced uh, the Summer Rock Concert Series, which is huge for Today Show, which is an outdoor concert series. And also, he moved the studio to uh, Studio 1A, which is on the floor. So that's where you had the big window. It's called the Window of the World. And having passerbys be able to look in. Smart. Just, yeah, I mean, it's huge things that really helped. Um, on Christmas Day 2000, he was named NBC's Entertainment President. He was 35 years old. So at my age, he would have been. That's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm 40 and looking at an Arby's cup. But you finished it. That's true. Fuck you, Jeff Zucker. Remember this. Jeff got his start at Harvard. And at Harvard, he was the editor of the Harvard Crimson. And wouldn't you know it, when he was running the Harvard Crimson, Conan was the head of the Lampoon. And Conan went into the head of the Crimson's office and stole his chair all in good fun. But that person was Jeff Zucker. Oh, my God. So Jeff Zucker has a past with Conan, as you would say. You think? Zucker once said in an interview that he and Conan have a natural rivalry from their time at se the separate Ivy League newspapers. A natural rivalry. Okay, Jeff. Just to give you a idea, quick idea of this man's character. Uh, this is from the same interview. Zucker was shown a video of a few different people that knew him well. They were giving opinions and stories about him. Uh, one of those people was Katie Couric, who Zucker worked with at Today. Uh, this is what she said. I thought this was the cockiest guy I ever met. But then she said they clicked and she got to respect his new sense, creativity, and focus. Jeff has quite a temper. Because he is a perfectionist, she also said. You're an asshole, but I want to keep my job. Exactly. You're an asshole, but I know you will do a good job at your job. After numerous people told Conan that he should sign with Fox, tons of people said, you know what, Fox is, you're going to be making a lot more money. Look what they're offering you. He took the deal with NBC. Uh, like I said, the allure of hosting Tonight Show was too much for him. Peter Shernan, uh, News Corp CEO, told Conan that waiting around for Leno would be destructive to his late-night career. Foreshadowing. Conan signed the NBC deal March 2002, extended through 2005, but the biggest part of the contract was a succession clause, something that was never in the prior contracts. It stated that if anything were to ever happen to Jay, that Conan would then step in and take over The Tonight Show. Boom. So that was in the contract, first time ever, but Conan was happy with that. Jay would have uh, to have a new contract soon as well. NBC's plan was to extend Jay four more years, then when that was up, Tonight Show, go to Conan. Boom. Okay, cool. It's decided. The late night hosts weren't the only one that were signing new contracts, because so was Jeff Zucker for himself and for others, actually. Uh, December 2003 became president of NBC Entertainment News and Cables Group on as well. Uh, he greenlit Las Vegas, starring James Caan, five seasons. Law & Order Criminal Intent, ten seasons. Scrubs, seven seasons on NBC, then it moved to ABC, I think, for two. This is from a 2004 Business Week profile on him. The Zucker era produced a spike in operating earnings from NBC from $532 million the year he took over to $870 million in 2003. Now, in February 2004, an NBC executive told Conan's uh, executive producer of the four-year plan. Conan, in turn, was very receptive to the idea. Jay, four more years, boom, done. Conan gets Tonight Show. Done deal. Okay. Next month, 2004, 
uh, March 2004, Jeff Zucker and another NBC executive go to Jay's Burbank studio to discuss contract extension. They explain this four-year plan to him. You know, he Conan and his EP found out about it first, and they told him they were planning on moving Conan on up to 11:35. Uh, and I guess Jay was disappointed in the plan and didn't quite understand it, but he agreed to it. He said he didn't want him and Conan to go through the same thing him and Letterman went through. Jay only asked that Conan be announced a while after his contract was signed, so NBC agreed to this. Jay went on. It went to one of his producers saying that he felt as if he'd just been fired. Now, when Jay's contract renewal was announced, people started to speculate about Conan's future. Conan played along, giving vague answers in interviews as to what was to come uh, September 27, 2004. Conan officially announced as new host. Besides the press release, Jay, NBC uh, let Jay be the first to comment on the news. Jay compared The Tonight Show to a dynasty and said, You hold it, and then you hand it off to the next person. And yet, I don't want to see all the fighting and all the who's better and nasty things back and forth in the press. So right now, here it is. Conan, it's yours. See you in five years, buddy. Remember that, folks. Conan, it's yours. See you in five, five years, years, buddy. All right, let's get to 2005. Jeff Zucker, moving on up. Promoted to CEO of NBC Universal. Jay's pretty upset with everything that's happening. He compared it to the end of a relationship, if you will. He said he was loyal to NBC and still ended up, quote, heartbroken he didn't get it he said he stayed number one for years which is true uh, Let, uh letterman was number one for a couple years and then the whole uh hugh uh hugh grant hugh grant prostitute thing and after that leno took over yeah so for our listeners who aren't aware this i'm sure this will be an episode too mm-hmm. the very famous actor hugh grant was arrested for having a sex worker in the car and jay leno scored the first interview with the sex work no hugh grant he scored the first interview with Hugh Grant after it. He started to consider what to do next, even telling staff at one point that they could go to maybe another network like ABC. I guess his bitterness started to make its way into his monologues, which I can only imagine a bitter Jay Leno monologue. Uh, jokes mentioning how NBC was in fourth place in the ratings, and it was turning into a real thing. So now he's angry. Meanwhile, Zucker is promoted to, in 2005, like I said, to CEO of NBC Universal Television Group. He's responsible for all programming across all all the company's television properties, news, sports, cable, all of it. Uh, and then two years later in 2007, he gets promoted again to CEO of NBC Universal. He also starts to think what losing Jay would mean to the network. Fox and ABC were also thinking about what gaining Jay would be like to their network, um, holding secret meetings with him. Another offer Jay got was from Sony Pictures to do uh, uh, t- Sony Pictures Television to do a syndicated show. But in 2008, Zucker starts to realize that Jay leaving NBC would only mean competition from Jay down the road. That is correct. Jay wasn't going to retire. Even, you know, best laid plans don't happen. Uh, he was going to get revenge, if anything, metaphorically. Uh, early 2008, Zucker starts going to Burbank more and more. He starts doing what he can to keep Jay with NBC. Suggestions like Sunday night primetime show, kind of like the Jack Parr deal. Or even a Bob Hope-type deal, so a bunch of big-time specials. Okay. You'd probably have to hold a golf club. (laughs) NBC execs started getting nervous about Conan. They started to discuss what the best solution in their eyes would be. It would be to pay off Conan and keep Jay. Boom. That's the easiest thing. Money is going to happen, but we keep Jay, and we make more money with Jay in the long run. Just pay off Conan, say sorry, bye-bye. Zucker said that that idea was outrageous. See, NBC had already broken ground on a new studio for Conan, uh, renovating Stage 1 at Universal Studios, and it reportedly cost around 
50 million dollars what the hell's going on over there executives were nervous there were those that still supported conan though they were hesitant about it zucker was not willing to let that chin go to another network folks jay leno has a big chin not sure if you know that uh he had one last idea one last huzzah zucker or leno zucker a nightly show for jay at 10 p.m Zucker felt it's perfect. It's the perfect show to help NBC's primetime issues. Then on December 8, 2008, Jay verbally agreed to stay at NBC and produce a nightly variety show at that 10 p.m. slot. He called ABC and Fox to be like, eh, sorry. So from 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. would be the Jay Leno show. Yeah. Then they're going to take a break. To do news. The news, which is really uplifting. Yeah. And then 11.30, 11.35 would be Conan. Conan. And, okay. Yeah. Now that Jay was secured, they had to go to Conan and tell him the great news. NBC primetime was saved. Well, something happened that was very strange for this business. Uh, word of the deal leaked to the what? press. Yeah. Like I said earlier, I it's odd. It, it leaked to the press. The press, I mean, I'm sure it's probably just a blog. No, New York Times got got word of it. So just the Times, the... America's newspaper. Uh, when this happened, Zucker and his crew went to speak to Conan directly after that night's show. Because, uh, well, the the news was telling Conan before... They had a chance to the, tell the, Conan. The boss was telling Conan. Meaning didn't necessarily make Conan feel great, obviously. Uh, he and his staff talked about all options, even though he wasn't a fan of the decision. He was still going to be the host of the Tonight Show. So yeah. at least he still had that. Okay, so 2009... Final shows. Late Night with Conan O'Brien aired its final show February 20th, 2009. A little over three months later, on May 29th, Tonight Show, Jay Leno aired its final episode. End of an era. Late Night programming on NBC had been dominated for years with Jay and Conan on weekdays, SNL on Saturdays. Most of Conan's staff moved across the country in 2009 to work on The Tonight Show. So they uprooted their lives in New York City, New York City and family, and moved to the wonderful... Sunny Hills of Los Angeles. And on June 1st, 2009, The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien would premiere across the country at 11.35. His first guest would be Will Ferrell, who'd become a staple on the late night, on yeah. late night uh, when he was on SNL. First episode of The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien was watched by 9.2 million viewers overall and had a 3.8 rating in adults 18 to 49. And his comp sorry, his competition right now is Letterman. Yes, at that moment, yes. Okay. Now, ratings for the debut were higher than Letterman and Nightline, which was ABC's 1130 yeah, yeah. Uh, combined. Though the premiere episode had good numbers, uh, they went down throughout the week. Started 9.2, 5.0 on Tuesday to 3.5 on Friday. Uh, still beat Letterman, who had 2.7. But on June 9th, only eight days after The Tonight Show premiered with Conan O'Brien, Letterman had better ratings already. 3.4 to 2.9, first time in eight months where Letterman was on top. But that one day didn't matter for the rest of the week because Conan still won out more viewers in the wanted demographics. Okay. Only a few weeks later, though, Letterman was getting a bigger audience, and The Tonight Show was averaging 3.3 million viewers. Uh, that was about 2 million less than Jay averaged. So... Two million less than Jay averaged is not... Not what they were planning. According to New York Times, uh, during Conan's first month as host, the average age of Tonight Show viewer fell by a decade. Wow. In Conan's first month, from 55 to 45. And it's said that in network television where audiences usually age up consistent, consistently, that that was an eye-popping development to see. That, that the numbers were decreasing? The numbers were getting younger. 
as opposed to getting older. Weekending August 7th, repeats of Letterman were beanie Conan already. Repeats of Letterman yeah, were, we're beating, beating new Conan. episodes of yeah. Conan O'Brien. Although it was a small margin, 2.95 million to 2.94, so like the smallest of margins, it was still beating Conan. Now, Conan and his crew felt that there was a serious lack of promotion from NBC, so Zucker, against the wishes of numerous people, authorized a press release saying that Conan was, quote, the new king of late night. And yeah, would you guess that uh, didn't go over well at all, really, to be honest with you? And even Conan and his staff didn't like it. Hmm. Conan realized it's a little too early to say I'm the king of late night. And, yes. Uh, it's not really that much of a crown. Now, uh, Zucker started to get more and more worried about Conan, Conan's performance, even though he was the new king of late night. He thought that the show was booking the wrong kind of guests for that 1130 coveted spot. Letterman was beating was beating Conan in total viewers. Conan was getting more of the young audience, though. The dream demo. Letterman was or Conan was? Con- and Conan. Conan had the... Over, overall viewership, Letterman winning. But Conan has Conan the demographic. Conan had that demo that people, advertisers, wanted to advertise to. People were saying that Conan shouldn't really be judged until September. Why until September? Well, you see, on September 14th, 2009... 10 p.m. got a whole new chin. <laughs> was that one of the things? I think that was one of the taglines. Uh, the Jay Leno show premiered. Primetime Leno was happening, baby. Woo! It's all anyone ever named Kevin Eubanks ever wanted. <laughs> God bless. It was He his, suffered enough. Yeah. Now, with this new show, Jay would earn up to $30 million annually, depending on ratings. Uh, he was making $20 million at the end of his time at The Tonight Show, though. Uh, NBC was marketing it as the comedy alternative to procedurals. <laughs> yeah! Which everyone wanted. Here's the tagline, I swear to God. 100% more comedy and 98% less murders. Uh-huh. Jay Leno would kill his first guest. Um, no, he would, he would provide those lucky folks of the U.S. 46 weeks a year of new episodes, Rob. 46. Now, Jay's first guest? Jay Leno, oh, as I live and breathe. Kermit the Frog? Yeah. He's <laughs> a musical guest? And we got Jay-Z, Rihanna, and Kanye West. Viewer estimates for the first episode were 17.7 million viewers, a 5.9 Nielsen rating, people 18 to 49, and an 18 share, which is above both Jay's Tonight Show finale and Conan's Tonight Show debut. By week two, it was competing with show premieres on other networks, though. Uh, but Jay was still able to pull in 6 million viewers, which was on par or exceeding NBC expectations. Okay, 6 million. They weren't expecting to have him always be number one, but, you know, he's a, a familiar face. And if there's a repeat or you don't like the violence in the episode one time, head on over to Jay. Jay Leno Show wasn't just the comedic alternative to procedurals. No, it was also NBC's way of... Uh, uh, I, the best way to put it, uh, saving money. They were saving a lot of money. Even with Jay's expensive contract, the show would still be so much cheaper than a normal drama that would be produced at that time. Each airing of Leno cost uh, between three hundred dollars and $400,000, so each episode. Hour-long dramas can cost up to $3 million per episode. So Jay was saving NBC $13 million a week. And he didn't even have to beat his competitors to do it. Critics were 
obviously not necessarily, well, not obviously, but they weren't necessarily fans of Jay's new show. It, it was essentially pretty much the same show as his Tonight Show. Jay's numbers never really got better, uh, which led to the 11 p.m. local news broadcast numbers to slip lower and lower. This wasn't making NBC feel very good at all. Conan still had a slightly higher share of the 18 to 34 demo against Letterman, but the numbers started to slip, especially after Jay's new show. Affiliates started to complain about how Jay's terrible viewer numbers at 10 led to a domino effect that affected the news, then Conan, then Conan's 1230 replacement, Jimmy Fallon, and just Jay Leno at 10 was not working for them. Uh, by the end of October, Jay was giving an interview and said that he would return to the 1135 slot if NBC asked him to. Oh, boy. Conan's sidekick, Andy Richter, called the move less than classy. Come November, ratings for Conan's Tonight Show were brought down on average 2 million viewers a night year by year from when Jay was the host. Shit. But this shift to Jay at 10 p.m. also had some things that happened, which it damaged relations with other producers of scripted shows that had that 10 p.m. slot, namely a Mr. Dick Wolf. So in December, most shows go into reruns. Now, one that wouldn't, the Jay Leno show. That's right. Plan was to book A-list celebrities during this time to get those eyes on Jay. Before any bookings could happen, though, Jay's producer was told the show had... Until the end of November. They're going to cancel it? Affiliates were calling NBC to uh, get the latest gossip and research and analysis showed that even with the younger demo, Conan was just too niche humor for 1130. It just wasn't the right fit. It wasn't safe enough, if you will. Yeah. Thanks to Jay's contract, they couldn't just take him off the air, though. See, normally contracts are of the pay or play fashion, but not Jay's. His was pay and play. This guaranteed that NBC would both air his show and pay him for two years. That's smart. Yeah. I mean, and he, at that point, had the, all the leverage to do that. So at this point, what are they going to say to him? We'll pay you off for the rest of your contract, but you don't have to make episodes. I mean, that's, I I think, that was that was what they were thinking at that point. I feel like that that was the what was going around. Now, November 6th, uh, NBC chairman Get, Jeff Gaspin gets an email. The sales division suggests, the sales division Suggest canceling Conan and then moving Jay back to 11:30. Boom! Sales department idea idea people. When Gaspin got Jay's contract analyzed by legal, he realized that the option to move Jay back became very very real. So we're getting sales involved and legal involved. And Jay has signaled, "Yes, I I'll move back." Yeah, I'll move back. So November sweeps. Not good. Not good, which only led to more alarm for affiliates, believe it or not. NBC board members said something needed to be done ASAP in terms of that 10 p.m. lead-in because it was screwing them. If something wasn't done by January, affiliates said they would put syndicated programming on instead of Jay Leno. I mean, that's some big balls on those affiliates. Uh, executives tossed around a bunch of ideas, like we were saying. Uh, cutting Jay to only a few nights a week was an option. Moving Jay back to 11.30 was suggested again. An option that seemed to have more traction, though, was to cut Jay's show to a half hour, but move it back to 11.35. So that from 11.35 to like 12.05 would be Jay Leno? Yeah, and then The Tonight Show would be moved to 12.05. So the Jay Leno show would be at 11.35, and then Conan, uh, The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien would be at 12.05. And then Jimmy Fallon bumped to 1 a.m. What the hell is going on over there? Executives thought that the only real casualty from all this 
will just be moving Fallon to one. The new lineup will premiere in March 2010 after NBC's Winter Olympics coverage. Zucker wanted Jay to have an occasional comedy piece and guest interview. Uh, Dick Ebersol just wanted it back to how it was. Jay 1135, Conan 1235, which I guess means he really wanted Fallon back on SNL. Ebersol loves impressions. Ebersol's a huge impressionist. Huge impression guy. Now, this all happened a week before Christmas 2009. Merry Christmas. Yeah, they agreed to wait until the new year to reveal the plan not to ruin anyone's holiday seasons of giving. So this concocted plan that the execs dreamed up, J1135, Conan 1205, 12 midnight, uh, would officially move forward when they realized that Conan's contract didn't guarantee a strict... 11.35 start time. Didn't say anything about when it had, when to, it start. had to start. Loophole was put in there to accommodate things like sports coverage or even a New Year's Eve coverage. Yeah. So just a loophole for uh, a oopsie-daisy. If the game is going long. Yeah, we can't, get, we can't get a lawsuit. Got turned into, well, here's the thing. We will be honest. We are going to start marketing Jay as a sports event. Could, if they wanted to, could they have said... At 6 p.m., <laughs> we're putting on Conan I mean, if they wanted uh, to. Probably. Jesus. I mean, uh, NBC chairman get, uh, Jeff Gaspin uh, went to tell Jay and told him a plan. He and uh, his executive producer were interested and seemed to like the idea. Jay liked, eh, I have to do 30 minutes at 11.35, huh? Okay. Seems like everyone gets to a point where they're like, okay, I want to do less work. After his January 6th show, uh, O'Brien— January 6th? Yeah. Uh, O'Brien met with uh, his manager, Gavin Pallone, to share his thoughts regarding the ratings. Quote, I just think Leno is going to hurt me in some way, Conan said to his manager. He would be correct. So news regarding Leno, it leaked. That he was coming back at 1130. Yep, believe it or not. This got leaked to pop culture site FTV Live by the following morning. Now, uh, which was then picked up, of course, by national publications, including LA Times and New York Times. But no, FTV Live got that first scoop. Gaspin scheduled an immediate meeting with uh, Conan and his executive producer as soon as they arrived and explained the proposed changes. Uh, following a tense 15-minute meeting, O'Brien and Ross returned to the Tonight Show studio. So it was, there wasn't really anything made, no minds made up at that point. Uh, TMZ report on the story in the headline section, NBC shakeup Jay Leno comes out on top. O'Brien called an emergency staff meeting and assured all that they had not been canceled and all would be fine. Now, by the following morning, O'Brien and Ross determined that they would have to leave NBC. And O'Brien opened that night's show with, we got a great show for you tonight. I have no idea when it will air, but it's going to be a great show. <laughs> Gaspin spoke about the situation at a previously scheduled press conference that Sunday, knowing that, quote, I obviously couldn't satisfy either with, uh, with 100% of what they wanted. That's why I came up with this compromise. Uh, Zucker, upon hearing that O'Brien still did not take the proposal well, threatened Conan's agent, Rick Rawson, saying, quote, I'm going to tell you right now that I can pay him or play him. I can ice you guys. On the following Monday show, O'Brien continued on the subject, responding to thunderous applause. He joked, you keep that up, and this monologue won't start until 12.05. <laughs> Agent Rick Rawson suggested that Conan's camp hire a litigation attorney uh, to help grasp the situation. Following discussions on Leno's contract during the post-show conference, the uh, attorney turned their, their, her, their attention to Conan for his opinion. He expressed his desire to write a statement describing his feeling on the matter. Uh, Brian's press release went out midday on January 12th, and he addressed it to, quote, people of Earth. This is Conan. 
For 60 years, The Tonight Show has aired immediately following the late local news. I sincerely believe that delaying The Tonight Show into the next day to accommodate another comedy program will seriously damage what I consider to be the greatest franchise in the history of broadcasting. The Tonight Show at 12.05 simply isn't The Tonight Show. So it has come to this. I cannot express in words how much I enjoy hosting this program and what an enormous personal disappointment it is for me to consider losing it. My staff and I have worked unbelievably hard, and we are very proud of this contribution to our legacy of The Tonight Show, but I cannot participate in what I honestly believe is its destruction. Public and media reaction to the press release was positive. New York Times stating uh, O'Brien held Leno, quote, personally responsible for the conflict. January 13th episode, Conan said in his monologue that, quote, hosting The Tonight Show had been the fulfillment of a lifelong dream for me. And I just want to say to the kids out there watching, you can do anything you want in life. Unless Jay Leno wants to do it, too. Now, following joke, Leno called Gaspin asking, Why the fuck am I giving up a half hour to this guy? (laughs) Now, conversations changed uh, and started to focus on what O'Brien would require to resolve the matter. What does Conan want? Just to walk away. Let's get a settlement going. Well, the public was overwhelmingly on Conan's side. Over 1 million joined the two pr- prominent Conan Facebook groups, Team Conan and I'm With Coco, later being a nickname given to Conan by Tom Hanks during the short time he hosted The Tonight Show. Uh, artist Mike Mithel designed a poster in the vein of Obama Hope poster that said I'm With Coco, and the color orange became the official color of Team Coco to match his hair. Uh, his overnight ratings started to go up too, which... NBC didn't like, of course. Online support for Coco only got bigger and bigger. Uh, Seth Meyer said on SNL Week in the update, you don't need Cinemax to see someone get screwed on TV. Jay got a lot of criticism and bad publicity for what people assumed was his role in the whole debacle. Some even went as far to say that his career, Zucker and NBC, would all be damaged reputationally because of all of it. Now, would you believe it that David Letterman was one of the most adamant critics of NBC and Leno's handling what? of the whole conflict? What? Yeah, I know. Isn't that crazy? Uh, he noted that, quote, we went through our own version of this 17, 18 years ago, and he ridiculed Leno's uh, recent, quote, state of the network address, uh, where Leno pleaded with his viewers to, quote, not blame Conan, which Letterman noted, in the thousands and thousands of words that have been printed about <laughs> this mess, who has blamed Conan? So last night, uh, uh, Jay gave his uh, State of the Network speech. He did. And <coughs> State of the Network. State of the Network. And uh, I, I, I saw... State of, the, State of the Network speech. And he said that uh, we should not blame Conan for what's going on. Don't blame Conan. Don't blame Conan for what's going on. And I said to myself, no one is blaming Conan. I was... Uh, <laughs> You know, there were some defenders of Jay. Seinfeld, Jerry Seinfeld, I won't do the voice, uh, told Hollywood Reporter, What did the network do to him? I'm sorry. Do it. You have to do it. What did the network do to him? I don't think anyone's preventing him from watching Conan. Once they give you the cameras, it's on you. I can't blame NBC for having to move things around. I hope Conan stays. I think he's terrific. But there's no rules in show business. There's no referees. Of course, Jay himself was among O'Brien's harshest critics, believe it or not, calling his numbers, quote, destructive to the franchise. So financial settlement discussions were almost complete by January 14th and were expected to be all set by Conan's final week of shows, something Conan pushed for to have a proper send-off. He wanted to at least have a proper send-off January 18th to 22nd. NBC had several requests. 
obviously. Uh, among those was that he not bring on Howard Stern on the final week of his show. Because, man, that would have been interesting. And that uh, they see the show's final week of scripts. NBC added more requests, obviously, which the O'Brien camp refused to be uh, as unreasonable, such as the right to pull any of the final shows if the network objected to the com- uh, content, which is like a joke about the conflict with NBC, i.e., you know, that kind of stuff. He could not confirm on air if this was indeed the final week of shows, which produced uh, difficulty in booking the guests he wanted for the final show. On January 19th, uh, multiple media outlets reported that O'Brien and NBC were close to signing a deal between 30 and $40 million for the host to walk away from the network. O'Brien signed the agreement that night, and the next day, terms were made public. Uh, he received $45 million deal to leave NBC, so it was more than the reported. He received to pay for the remainder of two years of his contract, uh, amounting to about $33 million with additional payments to his executive producer, Andy Richter, and Max Weinberg, the band How much leader. did Andy get? I uh, didn't say how much. Just additional. Uh, Severance pay for his staff was around $12 million. He paid around 50 stagehands and various crew members for at least six weeks severance pay out of his own pocket. NBC didn't give those particular staffers anything in the settlement. The contract contained a clause prohibiting O'Brien from making negative remarks about NBC for a certain amount of time. It did not, however, contain the previously rumored mitigation clause in which NBC would be able to keep some of the severance pay after O'Brien found a new network. So he got to keep all of it, at least. Stipulated that he could not return to television on another network no earlier than September 1st, 2010. Okay. So how much time is that? His last show would be January 22nd. So a year. Oh, 2010, though. Yeah, 20, yeah, so a couple months. Exactly. Correct. January 22nd, 2010, final show. Conan had what he called his, quote, dream lineup for guests. Tom Hanks, Steve Carell, and the person who was the first guest of his version on Tonight Show, Will Ferrell. Now, in the final moments ever of The Tonight Show with Conan O'Brien, he mentioned how in all, SNL, late night, Tonight Show, he'd been with NBC for over 20 years, and he was proud of their work together. He even thanked them for the first time since the debacle started said quitting was the hardest thing he ever had to do, thanked his staff, and then signed off with this, which I remember like it was yesterday. I truly do. And I immediately snipped a part of the quote and put it on my quote section on my Facebook. Say it. Give me the quote. Well, I'm going to just play you the quote. Oh, I'm sorry. Here's what all of you have done. You made a sad situation joyous and inspirational. So to all the people watching, I can never, ever... Thank you enough for the kindness to me. I'll think about it for the rest of my life. And all I ask is one thing, and this is, I'm asking this particularly of young people that watch. Please do not be cynical. I hate cynicism. For the record, it's my least favorite quality. It doesn't lead anywhere. Nobody in life gets exactly what they thought they were going to get. But if you work really hard and you're kind, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, amazing things will happen. I'm telling you, it's just true. Show ended with Conan being joined on stage by Neil Young, Beck, Will Ferrell, dressed as Leonard Skinner singer Ronnie Van Zant and others, Conan on guitar, playing Freebird. <laughs> Even some of the young NBC employees were joining the I'm With Coco Facebook groups after all this was going on. Uh, I feel like a lot of people who supported old JJ, they just didn't use a Facebook. They didn't know how to use it. No. All right. You know, I feel like... I kind of gave you an idea, like, of how this all was placed, put together. You know, I kind of 
sketched it out for you. This was a thing. No, no, it's pre-recorded. It's pre-recorded. Oh, yeah, baby, come on. You don't have to do it live. This was a thing. This was a thing. And now, this is a sketch. Ah, boy, I'll tell you, it's good to be back. It's like I never left. Well, except for Andy. I wanted Andy to stick around. I miss my life. Ah, Don't get too upset, Andy. Not all your old pals left. Oh, no? How about that triumph, the silly hound dog, huh? Hi there, Mr. Leno. I'm sure glad you kept me around. You didn't have to take me on the back lot and put me down like old Yeller. <laughs> that's not Smigel. It's Jeff Foxworthy. No, Annie, that's, that's, that's Triumph the Silly Hound Dog. Uh, same body, just a new soul, Andy. Uh, we're saying he's a hound dog. Middle America won't know the difference. How could you do this? Tell you what. You know that your owner is a daggum redneck when you see that the TV they're watching is stacked on top of another TV, stacked on top of another TV. Now, how about I go right along and defecate on that there bottom TV? I can't help it. I'm a silly old hound dog. What happened to jaywalking? He just can't rip off our show. Why are you walking with your arms out like a zombie? The zombie? No, no, no. Those are the strings that operate me. You know, it's it's like a marionette. It played well with the other guy. He has a name. It's Conan. Why are you doing this, Jay? It wasn't me, Andy. It was someone else's idea. You know, you got to blame you gotta blame the bear who pleasures himself at inopportune times. It was his idea. Oh my god, I moved. Mr. Richter, is that you? Please. This suit is no longer a suit, it's a toilet. Who's in there? Eh, some intern that worked with the last guy. Uh, couldn't keep an actor in the suit. Their union. Take the mask off. Nice try, Andy. That mask is bolted right on there. Property of NBC. How do you sleep at night? Well, that's easy. I actually do this thing called intermittent sleeping. It's like fasting, but... You sleep instead of the eating thing. Why would you do that? Well, Andy, see, I realize that it's the best possible way for me to plot all possible outcomes that may come my way. You're insane. Wrong. I'm prepared, Andy. You see, I know what it takes. All it takes is that damn Al Roker making a, a large group of people laugh about the weather, and boom, Jay's out of a job. Trust me, I've seen it. Trust me. All it takes is Stone Phillips coming up with a tight 15 and Jay sent to syndication. You think Stone Phillips is working on stand-up? Uh, I think you better stop asking so many damn questions or soon there'll be a picture of you on a TV screen as my co-host. Let's see, who would you like to do the mouse, huh? Maybe Rosie O'Donnell? <laughs> I kid, she's too expensive. Look, do whatever you want. I'm under contract. If it's my face, I'll still get paid. Andy, I didn't even realize you're still here. Yeah, you better scooch over. We have a very important guest coming down to studio. <laughs> Would you believe it? Speak of the television. If it isn't former president of the United States, George W. Bush. That's the actual guy. What the hell? How you doing there, Jay? Randy? I just flew in from the rafters. And boy, my arms are tired. Yeah, that's right. Randy? I'm not going to correct the guy, former president. Plus, I like Randy Richter. This is a good ring to it. That's not my name. Ah, well, Mr. President, uh, thanks for dropping by. <laughs> I hear that you have some very interesting names for some folks that are getting married. You're mixing headlines with our president bit. What you got, Mr. Prez? Well, I want to show you this one. Then uh, I think you, that you all be laughing so hard that, that, that we'll have to go to commercial break from it because it's going to be... You're going to be doubled over with laughter. I think I hit a cyanide pill around here somewhere. All right. <laughs> Get ready for this. 
So I found this couple getting married. It's the nuptials of Derek Butts and Betty Bulbus. And what's funny about that is you put those names together, you get Butts Bulbus. <laughs> what's that, Laura? Oh, shit. I screwed that up big time. Oh, boy. <laughs> you see, you put the names together, it's actually Bulbous Butts. <laughs> like a big butt. You should have known that, because that's what, that's what Papa used to call Mama around the house. <laughs> the White House. Oh, well, thank you, Mr. President. I'll be back with more headlines right after this break. We'll be right back with more headlines read by former Commander-in-Chief George W. Bush. All that and more on The Tonight Show with Jay Oleno and all-new sidekick Randy Richter. Thank you. This was a sketch. All right, now this is to the section of called Our Thoughts. I got thoughts. Thoughts. Uh, Conan would go on a 43-show tour over two months called the, quote, Legally Prohibited from Being Funny on Television Tour, April 12th to June 14th, 2010. There's a documentary called Conan O'Brien Can't Stop that's really interesting. Conan, the show Conan would premiere on TBS November 10th, 2010. Uh, there was rumors of Fox again, uh, but this show would run through June 2021, 1,510 episodes in total, and NBC would then give him the rights to some of his old clips and characters back. Jay stayed with The Tonight Show until February 6th, 2014, officially retiring from late night. Are we sure? For now. <laughs> so what do you think, Robbie? What do I think? Yeah. Okay, so my, my feeling is that this is a, this is a programming issue. Mm-hmm. And I think the issue is, is that like one of the main reasons Letterman did not get The Tonight Show is because they it's a couple of things. One, they felt his humor and his sensibility wasn't correct for an eleven thirty audience. Mm-hmm. That actually makes sense. To Absolutely, me. that that makes a hundred and ten percent sense. So, why did they think it would be any different the second time around? And if and if you do say, okay, look, we're going to move you guys to the eleven thirty slot, then what you do is is you get rid of what makes them special to begin with, because then you're trying to put a square peg into a round hole. And I think one of the best examples of that, and I think he's so talented, I think it's when Stephen Colbert went on the air, which is his brilliance was the character he was playing as well as his really astute political takes. You want to see that at eleven thirty though, or what was he's he's on eleven thirty now? Yeah, right? he's eleven thirty. Yeah, he he's, he took over for, for Letterman, Letterman, right? So I don't, I don't know. I really don't see this as uh, Jay Leno's fault. I don't see this as Conan's, really not Conan's fault. But my feeling is, is this is a programming mistake. It's a. It, I agree with you. On the pro, I think that when Jay Leno said he came out and said I would go back to eleven thirty-five, if they asked me, he really did not do any favors for Conan. No, but also at the end of the day, it's a yes. It's it's underhanded. But it's I don't know I don't I don't find it to be like overly unethical. No, sure. I mean, because here's the here's the thing, a bit the business is saying, and the business is NBC. The business is saying we're losing money with this particular person, so we have two options: either one, Jay, you can replace him, and like you've done previously, or you don't replace him because you're loyal to him, and we'll find someone else to replace him. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it wasn't yeah. Jay Leno, it was going to be who? Like Ellen DeGeneres or, you know, we'll move Jimmy Fallon. I don't know what it would be. But the idea that it, it's not like if 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 Conan got fired that no person in the world would say they're going to take over the Tonight Show out of respect and reverence to him. And and it's funny cuz Jimmy Fallon really the Tonight Show that he puts up is different than Jay's, but it also still appeals to his comes closest. Yeah. His he is the right replacement for that eleven thirty slot because yeah he's he's 
he's uh safe. He's very safe. He's safe, and celebrities and, are comfortable with him. And I, I do think that no matter what you think of him and stuff, he is a very good impressionist, and he's very funny at that stuff. I oh, mean, yeah. Until 2016, I thought that Fallon on The Tonight Show was, I was like, I think this is going to, I think having more sketches, more actual bits as opposed to just having like longer interviews and stuff, I really yeah. like. But then the world changed in 2016, and I was like, Okay, yeah, yeah. This is not gonna work anymore. So I, I think it was a programming issue, but I don't blame. I don't know, and and I, I'm not a huge fan of Jay Leno's comedy. I just it, his talk show just doesn't appeal to me for whatever reason. And I would much prefer watching Conan or Letterman or someone like that. But I don't necessarily think that he did anything wrong. I feel like he just said something too soon and didn't let Conan get to have his I didn't I guess he didn't get let to get it let, didn't let Conan get his feet wet necessarily per se before he had his opinion out there. Yes. Where, it's the form, where I feel like the former host probably needs to give a little time for the new person before they comment on it even and if I they think... get asked. I, that's just generally a fucking courteous thing yeah. and i think leno was probably pissed at nbc because here he is he's doing a lot of good work for them he was yeah. beating letterman in the ratings it wasn't like the other way around and they say we're going to take you off the air well what for because this guy wants it what do you mean he wants it i look at what i'm producing yeah who the fuck is he you know what i mean and i think that's where a lot of the bitterness comes from it's a very interesting story and you've presented it really 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 beautiful what do you think i'm sorry i just rambled i mean i i I grew up watching Jay Leno because that's what was on the TV at my house. But I always looked forward to the nights where I could stay up past Jay Leno so I could watch Conan because it was so odd. And I think they're all they all have something to offer to the world of late night television. I just I I don't I did not see this necessarily as this is a Jay Leno issue. Yeah. And I'm not a fa I'm not like I said I'm not a fan of his comedy. But you know what? There's lots of other people who did like him and that's what they felt comfortable with. You know what? I'm curious actually. Fallon is good because nowadays they want viral things. They want just to clip things. I I bet I'm curious if YouTube was around in the 80s. I bet you Letterman could oh, have had sure. the virality. You know what I mean? Like if you oh, think sure. about that, he had those types of bits that would get people Meme worthy. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like he was almost doing that kind of stuff. But now like Fallon, his numbers on YouTube are bigger than anyone else's. But it's like yeah. because he gets A-list celebrities to do something like, is that egg going to burst on your head or not? But nowadays also people are so used to knowing celebrities, quote unquote, intimately because of social media and celebrities putting everything on there where The Tonight Show was your chance to get to know a celebrity. Yes. So numbers are going to go down regardless because you're not going to you don't have to log on on a Wednesday at 1130 to log on to tune in at 1130 to see, you know, fucking Franco Harris from the <laughs> Steelers. Franco Harris is on? Yeah. I gotta he's go. A, he's a great booking. I gotta tell you, somebody asked me if I had my two favorite guests, who would it be? Franco Harris and Shanice. <laughs> you know what we need? Some hmm. trivia. Oh, and we're gonna go to trivia advisor Mark Schroeder. This was a thing. No, and, no, it's oh. live. They do it live. You don't have to do it anymore. This was a thing and now it's a quiz. This is a this was a quiz with Mark Schroeder. Who's your Mark all-time favorite late night host? Conan. Conan. Yep. Conan for sure. He was my era. Uh, I think he was terrific. I love David Letterman, but it just wasn't my time. I think if I grew up mm. 
20 I, years I, earlier, I, I think. I appreciated really Letterman at, like later on in life. Yeah. And like I, there's a great YouTube channel that has a ton of old Letterman. Yeah. So I feel like I've gotten to watch a lot of this stuff from the 80s that I've only heard about. And now I can Yeah, my, enjoy. my time watching him, he was pretty checked out at that point. He was pretty. But yeah, Conan was my guy. And what an incredible legacy of late night characters is one of the things I love the most about him. Yes. The greatest characters, perhaps better than more than any other late night host best characters in the world. Today, we're going to celebrate some of those incredible characters Excellent. in a little game called Pomp, Adore, and Circumstance. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to name three crazy late night characters. Two of them are real late night with Conan O'Brien characters, and one is from the deep, dark recesses of my wicked imagination. Okay. Okay. Rob and Ray, you're going to work together to determine which is the made-up fake character from these groups of three. Ready? Mm-hmm. The FedEx Pope, Surfer Cop, Preparation H. Raymond. I want to say FedEx Cop, or FedEx, what is it? Pope. Pope. I think Preparation Damn. H. Raymond, I don't know, sorry. Yeah, let's go with that. Preparation H. Raymond. The, you're guessing the fake made-up one. Yeah. That is a real character, Preparation I'm H. Raymond sorry, is Raymond. a real character. Really? Yes. Was it Surfer Cop? Uh, Surfer Cop was the made-up one. Oh, yeah, wow. Surfer Cop was. Round two. Okay, rough start, but you guys, let's regroup. It's fine. It's okay. fine. It's fine. Fine. These Breathe, three. Right. <laughs> oh, I need more preparation. Here. Yeah. Tighten up. <laughs> David Tasselhoff, Little Jay Leno, R2, Mr. T2. I know that one's real. R2, Mr. T2? Yeah. I think Little Jay Leno is real. Yeah. I want to, yeah, I think those, R2, Mr. T2, and Little Jay Leno seem like the real okay. one. That is correct. David Tasselhoff is made up. That's I a good one, that, Omar. That's I made good. that one up. Thank you. He's like big in Scotland. I was thinking it's David Hasselhoff, but he's just with tassels. He's running with tassels. Oh, tassels. Oh, that's good. Oh, I pictured him. Okay, cool. Yeah. Round three, S&M Lincoln, Money Shot Lincoln, Aberslam Kinkin. Aberslam Kinkin? Yeah, I think we're going to say that. I made that one up. Oh. I made Aberslam Kinkin also, up. Hey, Conan, hire this guy. Hey, man. He could even be your doppelganger. <laughs> yeah, I can. when you're sick, I could do your podcast. He does podcasts. No, he doesn't. Nothing wrong with podcasts, folks. <laughs> he just you know, he just does podcasts. He doesn't yeah. do anything. <laughs> hey, what is this? Uh, <laughs> let's go, Raymond. Glue-sniffing gladiator. Coked-up werewolf. Gun-toting NASCAR-driving Jesus. That last one, I think, yeah. sounds made up. That's a real one. What? The glue-sniffing gladiator is made up. The gun-toting NASCAR-driving Jesus. Jeez, okay. That's real. And round five... Vomiting Kermit, Bodybuilder Scrooge, <laughs> Stealthy Frankenstein. They're all great. Stealthy Frankenstein? That sounds real, though. No? Stealthy Frankenstein? Yeah. Okay, Stealthy Frankenstein. Bodybuilder Scrooge. Scrooge. Oh, that's, yeah, that's funny, though. Yeah, that is good. Uh, two of five. Um, I, I duped you. I duped you more than wow, you, more right. you duped you did me. Great. Thanks. Thank you. That was a fun, weird thing to get to do. Ray, I'm going to go lick my wounds. Do you want to tell everybody about where they can find us? Can I watch you lick your wounds? No, I feel like man, that's more interesting. Okay, fine. Uh, this was a thing pod at Instagram. Uh, follow us there. www this was a thing.com or patreon.com slash this was a thing five dollar old Lucy level get you exclusive content there's other levels too if you want just so you know it's like an elevator <laughs> goes up goes down but uh, if you want to if you want the exclusive content at least press the old Lucy level button oh <laughs> going up <laughs> I'm sorry there's you gotta take the stairs
Thanks for listening to This Was a Thing, and a big thanks to the folks that keep this show running. Our editor, Daniel Cut Cut Schwartzberg, our composer, Billy Better Than DC Reese, our social media director, Gabe Hashtag Crawford, our graphic designer, Natalie's Nothing Too Graphic DeSavia, and finally, our games coordinator, Mark the Shark Schroeder. If you liked what we did today, make sure to head on over to iTunes to rate and review us. The more stars you leave us, the more love we feel. Hey, speaking of love, show us some social media love. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at This Was A Thing Pod and Facebook we are This Was A Thing Podcast. Reach out. We'd love to hear from you. And if you really like what we did today, head on over to Patreon.com and become one of our sponsors and you'll get access to special episodes, interviews, and merch. That's Patreon. Search This Was A Thing and support us so we can keep doing this show. 